got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. You don't got time that. All right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. Hey. Took you a while. (laughs) You see you there? Well, okay. I had my laptop up. And I was using the mouse on like our main computer, and my brain had a short circuit where I was using the mouse, and I was like, "Why isn't my laptop mouse moving?" <laughs> okay. Uh, well, today's episode, we're gonna be talking with Matt Tate at three forty. Um, we're gonna have a uh, special guest with David McComb, the class of twenty twenty five quarterback recruit, join us at the top of the five o'clock hour. Two more trivia matchups on today's episode. We got Lance Leipold audio. We got Jalen Daniels audio. Plenty more audio that we're going to be sharing with you today and upcoming days on RCST. It is uh, actually MLB trade deadline day. The Royals haven't really done anything yet. Last night they traded uh, Jose Quas Jose Quas. Nelson Velasquez, who's like a minor leaguer hitting 210, but has a high potential, I guess. So we'll keep an eye on yeah, if dude, uh, the Royals do I, anything else. As you know, when people get into like, WRC plus, oh, or all that crap. I just don't care. Sorry, okay. you lost me. I okay. don't care. I just don't care. I would Sorry. think you would actually like WRC plus because it's on a scale 100 is average. 100 means you're an average player. Okay. Simple. That's easy to understand. Right? If you just say it that way. But I don't know what is an it average means. Player. Uh, just worry about it that way. RCST is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. How about this, though? Today is the official start of camp for KU football. Nice. So we're officially here. We are officially, officially back. here. And it's back. August as well, which... Now makes it seem even crazy or closer to me because yeah. if you just think about it this way, we will see KU football play a football game this month. I thought the game was in the first day of September. Isn't it August thirty first? Do I have that wrong? Well, no, I think they because Crap, they it moved it to Friday. Thirty first. No, yes, they moved it to Friday. Not okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, August first to September first be- seems so much further away than August first to August thirty first. It, <laughs> it was supposed it. to be the thirty first. And then because they wanted the Illinois game on Friday, they moved the other they moved uh, Missouri State to Friday. That's lame. Nonetheless, <laughs> we are at that point what 31 days away? Yeah. Exactly. That doesn't sound guess, that far away. Okay, okay. Maybe you know, even though it's not the 31st of August, it's September 1st, but you could still say they're exactly one month. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. That's fair. That does sound good. I like that. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. But now is when you feel the football in the air. Oh, yeah. Football's being practiced. Oh, it's yeah. being played on campuses and everything. Everything's uh, back, yeah. What camp battle, what positional battle are you most intrigued by or interested by right now? Well, you know, interestingly enough, we there's not as many battles because of the fact that you have so many guys that were starters that come back, that or that came back from last year. And last year, we spent a lot of this time talking about the quarterback battle because... It was not a guarantee that Jalen Daniels was going to be the starter at this moment. Well, guess what? That is a guarantee now. Yeah. <laughs> so that is one less quarterback battle to talk about, or one less position battle to talk about. Uh, I mean, on the offensive line, there's some position battles, but I think it's kind of more of like 
not so much position battles as it is position where are people going to play. And one of the things that I got from Lance Leipold is I think he maybe kind of tipped his tipped his hand a little bit with talking about Dominic Pooney playing left tackle. That sounds like that's going to be like the plan. That's yeah. kind of what I took away from his brief comments about it. Yeah, I think in in just in general, I was actually most intrigued by all the comments we heard today and with the camp battle of offensive line. Which yes. is weird because that's usually not the sexy position, but yeah. that's the one it's that not kind of the, led one the conversation that jumped for me out today. at you, right? Yeah, because you're right. Dominic Pooney, the way that that was talked about, because we we did in our offensive line preview, sounds like he could be a tackle, but it feels like to me that's like now a certainty almost. Yes, that he's yeah. going to be your starting no, left that, tackle. Exactly. That was my takeaway. That was my takeaway from Lance Leipold today, and yeah, it was just good to see Lance Leipold back. He seemed like he was in pretty good spirits. Uh, he mentioned nobody really. No really significant injuries for anybody coming in, which is always a plus. Uh, and then we talked about it as well. On the defensive side of the ball, you really look at the D-line. And, and again, I don't know that position battle is the right term for it, but there is a lot of potential movement there in terms of what guys might be starting, what guys might be getting a few more snaps versus other guys. So who knows what that? who knows how that might end up shaping out over the course of fall camp. Uh, there's some guys in that room that we didn't really get to see much of in the spring that it's going to be pretty exciting to see them more in the in the fall camp going into the season as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's really not that many position battles to look at, which is not a bad thing uh, because it just means you have a lot of guys returning, which obviously KU sure. does. And so you have a lot of kind of known commodities at important positions. I mean, Jalen Daniels, quarterback. Devin Neal, running back. Daniel Highshot, running back. Lawrence Arnold, Luke Grimm, Quentin Skinner, wide receivers. Rich Miller and Taiwan Berryhill, linebackers. Kenny Logan, OJ Burrow, safeties. Kobe Bryant, Melo Dotson, corners. Like those are all known guys that you know are going to be the starters. I mean, I I am intrigued to see if JB Brown can hop into the linebacker. I don't think yeah. it's crazy that yeah. he could usurp them. Rich at some Miller point. said that uh, he might be maybe the hardest hitter on the team, which is helpful. Which, if I got hit by him, I feel like I would not be able to get up for no. a long time. No, but going back to the offensive line, there was a lot of good praise on Spencer Lavelle today, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I think Lance Leipold said, we're going to play that audio later in the show, something to the tune of him moving better than he has, and he's obviously an experienced player. I'm wondering if, if the way to look at it is this. Mike Nowitzki starts at center. Dominic Pooney starts at left tackle. Makes sense. There are two guys battling for right tackle. Bryce Cable do, Logan Brown. Then Michael Ford occupies one of the guards. The other guard is being distinguished between Kobe Baines and Spencer Lavelle. And maybe if Baines loses to Lavelle, maybe Baines becomes the right tackle. That's maybe the way that I'm viewing it. Yeah, yeah. And listen, you have an offensive line of those guys. Logan Brown is huge. Spencer Lavelle is huge. You and Kobe Brains is a big guy too. You could be rolling out a very large, just like in terms of like on the weight scale, mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of size. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of size, like a lot of guys looked bigger. Jalen Daniels yeah. looked. That was yoked. maybe the biggest talk of the entire day was guys building muscle, adding weight in the off season, and getting into better shape. Mm-hmm. That seemed that was like maybe the most common thread of the whole day today. Yes, Jalen Daniels looked 
noticeably more muscular <laughs> and larger from where he was last year. But yeah, that's going to be the case all across kind of the roster at this point in time. We'll see how much the, the weight stays on. Uh, maybe most importantly to this point, knock on wood here, uh, but so far so good with the health. Yep. That is just your first day, but you're yep. still going over stuff over the summer. And, yep. Yep. you know, are there any lingering injuries from what happened in the spring or, or the summer? So far, so good. That's something, obviously, that you yep. look for Pretty out of the Pretty much all of, of the guys were able to rehab, you know, and, and get back. And one of the other things that was talked about quite a bit today was the fact that coming into this year for KU, especially, like, from the coaching standpoint with Lance Leipold and those guys, they didn't have to spend very much time discussing like how practice is going to work, how practice is going to run. They have enough guys now that have been in the program yeah, for you're a couple three. Of years to where there's already an expectation of this is what we do, this is the pace we go at, this is how things work. And it seems like maybe kind of minute if like from the outside it seems like okay, well if you have to spend like an extra 30 seconds talking over like how to run a drill or how to whatever do this that or the other What's the big deal? Well, over the course of an entire camp, if you have to keep doing that, and it adds up, and that's less time that you could be spending still, you know, putting in more work. And mm -hmm. that, I mean, seriously, like th those those minutes, those seconds, they can count, especially when you consider how regulated this stuff is through the NCAA. Like, there's a, a lot of stuff in terms of when and what you can and can't do. You want to be as efficient as possible. Mm -hmm. And... The fact that you they, they can come in on the first day, and they already there's already that expectation there. There's already that understanding of this is how things work with the veteran players that have been there helping the younger guys and the staff there as well. It just it's it's a well oiled machine, and you can run a lot faster. Uh, by the way, something we talked about the other day. I can't remember why we brought this up or when we brought it up, but. We had the conversation of are we sleeping on Quentin Skinner possibly becoming receiver one. Um, yeah. Apparently, we, we don't get to actually like watch the practice, but apparently Quentin Skinner made like an insane catch um, on, on like a I don't know touchdown throw from Jalen Daniels or something. And I don't know if it was a touchdown. It was just like a, a really big catch and a, a tough catch to make, and then he kept like running down the sideline. Um, had a chance to talk to Jalen Daniels. We'll share that audio later in the show. He actually, by the way, brought up the, the jersey number thing. Uh, I guess oh. he, I guess Quentin Skinner changed the zero because he wants to eventually be number 10 and he wanted to get away from 83 and get closer to it. And 10 wasn't available, so he got close to it with zero. Who's, so maybe number 10 next. I don't know. Who's 10? I don't know. Um, nonetheless, Jalen Daniels said you're going to hear a lot of six to zero this year. And he mm. was he was basically saying that Quentin Skinner like has improved a ton and that he's a really good receiver. He's got all sorts of height and length and speed and that he's a great story. So... Maybe that backs up more of the conversation. Now, the question was specifically about Quinn Skinner, so that does leave the door open for your quarterback to you know, praise that sort of guy that maybe if the same question was asked about Lawrence Arnold or Luke Grimm, he would have done the same thing. But I don't know, man. I'm starting to get vibes that, that there's more to that than Quinn Skinner. Yeah. No, I, I don't, well, going back to that conversation, the question or the conversation around the idea of him being wide receiver one was like, well, what if it's like Lawrence Arnold has like 45 catches, Luke Grimm has like 40 but maybe Quentin Skinner has 30, but he leads the team in touchdowns yeah. and has the most yards because he's getting a lot of big plays. That's possible, right? So maybe it's not like he's necessarily like your quote-unquote true wide receiver one, but if he's your most electric impact guy, especially in the deep deep game, 
you can maybe kind of view them that way. How wild would that be if KU had a different receiver lead them in receptions, yards, and touchdowns? Like if Luke yeah. Grimm led them in receptions, like, you know, Skinner in yards, and like Luke Arnold in touchdowns. catches for like yeah. 700 yards, but then Arnold, had Arnold has like 45 for, for like 900 yeah. or you know 850, and then Quentin Skinner has like 30 catches for, for like sure. you know however much for 12 touchdowns. Yeah. All right, uh, we got some of that audio to play. Matt Tate's going to join us later this hour, so let's get into the first half of Lance Leipold speaking with the media. Coming up on the other side, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and we're joined now by Matt Tate. You can check out all of Matt's work through the uh, R1S1KU, powered by Perpetual Sports Network, and uh, the website that you can check everything out is Wave the Wheat. Uh, I want to start with some KU football before we get into some KU basketball, Matt, and you actually just released a story on Quentin Skinner, which we got a chance to talk to you know, Jalen Daniels and uh, some of the coaches and stuff. And, uh, you know, Quentin Skinner, I'm, I'm glad you wrote about him. We, we were literally talking about him earlier in the show in that, like, could he take that step into being the number one receiver? Not not that, I don't know, like maybe they just have three guys who can kind of be that guy, but will one of the returning starters turn into being like that all-conference type receiver? And we kind of mentioned a couple days ago, like, had we been sleeping on Quentin Skinner? We, we more so had been bringing up Lawrence Arnold and, and Luke Grimm there. But, I mean, with Skinner, you're talking about a guy who's super fast. He's six foot five. seems to have a good connection there with Jalen Daniels. Um, what are your thoughts on on what he could bring to the offense, and, and could he be that potential breakout on the outside? Yeah, I, I do, man. I think so. I, I think that when you look at – there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of versatility. Uh, they, they, in a lot of ways, they have everything covered at the wide receiver position. Um, but you start looking for guys that can make the jump. You know, Luke Graham had a really good year last year and was a huge part of it. Same with Lawrence Arnold, and, and I think that – those guys can certainly take a step forward too. And if either one of them is, you know, ready to really, really burst out, then they'll have a big year and they'll be even better than they were last year. But I think when you're looking for breakout candidates, you have to be realistic. And I think, quite frankly, if you went to Lawrence or Luke and asked them, or you talked to the coaches and Coach Kotelnicki or even Jalen Daniels himself, like, if those guys put up the numbers they did last year, I think they'd take it right now. You know, I, I don't think anybody would say, yeah, no, it's got to be better. I think because this offense is designed the way it is and they spread the ball out and they play fast and they, they use a bunch of different pieces, I think everybody would be fine with those numbers. And, and, you know, Skinner's numbers were pretty good too, but I just think that I think he had 26 catches, if I remember right. You know, it, it's not hard to see that jumping into the 40s. Um, and it would take a good year, and it would take some good luck and all of that stuff. But you, you just start looking at those things where where's wh- who's the guy that has some room to grow and some room to improve. And you mentioned the rapport that he has with Jalen Daniels. I mean, Jalen talked about that as far back as last year and probably before that. Um, you know, they, they, they came in together. They were freshmen together. They've been talking about doing this for a long, long time long before any of us really knew that either one of them actually could do it. So th- their connection is legit, and, and I just think that if if Skinner, who it sounds like he's gotten a little bit bigger, and maybe that helps him stay a little healthier and, and play more reps, um, you know, if, if he can 
truly sort of round himself into that, you know, complete receiver, not just the deep ball, which he's phenomenal at. Um, but, you know, go over the middle and make some catches, you know, run some short routes and turn them into big plays, that kind of stuff. I mean, if he can do that, his numbers can really balloon. And, uh, I, and you know, he's a terrific talent as is. And and uh, I, I just, yeah, that's what you start. At least I do. I, I have to look at that stuff when I'm when I'm trying to guess on a on a breakout like that. You have to start with someone who actually has some room to improve. And and uh, I think they'll all be better. You know, they're working their butts off. But I think his numbers have the biggest chance to to really look different at the end of this season, provided he's able to play a whole season. And, and obviously that's the hope. You also wrote about Daniel Hyshaw recently, and uh, I, I was interested to hear today, which we heard that you know he, he is being used in everything. They're just making sure to limit his, um, I guess, touches and, and make sure he doesn't kind of overdo it here because that is such a, a interesting position he's in where we've, we've seen guys before come back from season-ending injuries like ACLs and things of that nature, but... I, I just can't really think of other pro sports athletes. It doesn't mean they can't come back from it. I just I just can't think of other pro sports athletes who have even suffered like a dislocated hip to what that would mean for recovery to where, you know, what is the timeline there? Can you return to the same guy you were before then? I just I just don't have the track record there. It doesn't mean he can't do it. Um, but I, everything that seems to be the case with Daniel Highshot seems like he is somebody who is a very hard worker and is ready to overcome that. Uh, what are kind of your thoughts on, on Daniel Highshot coming off that injury and what he could provide this year yeah i love the kid i think he's phenomenal um that was one of the reasons i wanted to do his story as soon as i could once we launched this new site um i, I just i think he's a terrific player and, I, and i've always liked being around him and um you know i thought that was a raw deal man to, to have back-to-back seasons in with hip injuries uh different injuries different hips that's terrible luck terrible luck and you know i, I was very curious what he thought of that, how he was managing that, how he got through that. Because as you remember, and anybody listening probably does too, he was killing it before he got hurt last year. I mean, he was as big a part of the offense as, as anybody really. And had they, you know, had him the rest of the way, uh, it might've been different. I mean, they might've won a few more games, you know, might not have, of course, but, but he was a big, big part of that. So I was very curious how he held up, how he pushed through it. And, and, you know, I'll do the shameless plug thing, but I talked to a lot of people uh, about that. His his parents, his girlfriend, um, himself, obviously, you know, others too, and and really tried to dive into you know how he mentally pushed past that and and was able to get back and and you know feel like okay, I'm myself again. And and from what the story says, from what he told me, you know, that that was the biggest part. It was just having to trust that, that you're going to be okay again. You know, you put the work in, you do the rehab, you get out there, and the last thing you need to do is worry about getting hurt again because that's not going to help anybody. So, he, you know, it's a mental game with him, and, and um, it, it's a great story. I mean, I, I don't say that about things I write a lot, but it's his story, you know, and, and that's what made it great. So we've got a free seven-day trial. If you want to jump on and read it, it it's, it's worth that alone. Um, just to check that out because it's a it's a really cool story, really cool perspective of a guy who, you know, he believes he's all the way back, and he he really does think that um, he's he's pushed himself uh, at the right amount, and he's 
you know, mentally and physically ready to go. And, and I think maybe one of the last quotes in the story is something like, it's the same me, man. You know, I'm not lifting any different. I'm not running any different. I'm not lifting lighter. I'm, I'm just out there doing what I do. And as we've all seen, what he does is, is play a pretty physical and, and impressive brand of football. So, um, you know, if there's, a, if there's one player out there that deserves to stay healthy for a season, it's certainly him. And, uh, you know, I hope he gets that chance because I, I would love to see what he can do with the confidence the, that he has, the offense that's around him, and, and then a full season. Uh, I think he could he could be as good as anybody out there. And, and uh, you know, he's easy to root for. So, yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's r1s1sports.com. And, um, yeah, you'll see it. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting stuff and, and a lot of good stuff in there about just – kind of how he managed to fight through that and, and push himself and get back to be ready for uh, ready for fall camp. And, and uh, he's very ready. I mean, he, he said he was ready last December. They, they talked about him playing in that bowl game, and it didn't happen. He made the right choice there to, to you know, shut himself down and not push it too far. But I think he felt ready and back to his normal self by spring. And, and so I know he feels pretty close to that right now, if not you know ready to play tomorrow. I'm sure he would. Uh, you know he's missed it. Talking with Matt Tate here on RCST. This is year three for the program now with Lance Leipold and everything. And I know Lance Leipold talked today that, you know, technically year one was year zero, which would make this, I guess, year two. If we want to split the difference, this is year two and a half. Either way, uh, another year of consistency, another year of all this coaching staff there and, you know, getting a consistent message across and, and everything along the lines of that. How much when you take a view at what this season could be for KU and try to project out what's going to happen this year. How much of a boost should they get that, that maybe we're not talking about enough just in terms of being in the program, being in this new coaching staff's um, system in year three? How much is that worth to you on the field? I think it's huge, man. I mean, you know, I noticed that today actually at practice um, when before they opened the gates and let us in, uh, you know, it, it was a small thing, but as I'm getting out of my car, I, I hear, I hear them calling things and, and, you know, it's not just, it's not just a warm up or a drill that they're doing. I mean, they, they were calling things like this is a group that their retention is high. Uh, their drive and desire is high They you know, they, they've paid attention these last two years and, and specifically this spring and they're ready to go. And, and, you know, they loved getting to a bowl game last year and, and obviously selling out the stadium and the attention that that brought and all that stuff. But, like, these guys, almost to a man, are not even remotely close to satisfied with that. I mean, their goals are so much bigger, and they don't want to just do that once and then say, cool, that was good. All right, let's pull back now. No, you know, that that's just – pushing them to, to do more and more and more and more and, and their goals are bigger than that. So um, I thought that was really cool when I when I heard that this morning. It was it's a, such a small thing and it's you know, I, I didn't even see you can't really see through the fence. I didn't even get a glimpse of who it was calling what, but like they're working and it's day one and, and um, it wasn't just like let's get out there and shake off the dust and the rust and you know get the cobwebs out and, and, and then we'll get into it. No, I was like, let's go. We got a chance to get better right now and and we're going to start. So I, I think things like that are are a credit to the coaching staff, but but certainly to the continuity. Um, that's just something we haven't seen around here. And you know, you flip sports and you look at Bill Self's program, and that's what you get. That's what you see, and that's part of the continuity that they have and the standard that they have. And so um, nobody's saying that KU football is anywhere close to KU basketball right now. But you know, certainly 
the understanding of expectations and and the confidence that comes with that and then and then finding a little bit of success and what that can do uh, all that stuff so huge for building a program and and uh, I definitely think that that um, they're on their way to you know climbing even higher and and does that mean they're going to win more than six games this year we'll find out I, you know football's a hard thing to do and and it's a it's a hard sport to project and you know they could be a better team and win four or five games I mean we've talked about that before so you know we'll see how all that shakes out and what what breaks they get and what breaks they don't get but you know there's no question in my mind that this this group as a as a group of players as a group of coaches that have now been together a little while they're, they're definitely starting to you know feel like hey this is this is what we do and so now everything we do from here is just gravy and we just improve as a result and we get better quicker and all that stuff but the foundation is there that the, the groundwork's been laid you know the culture's in and uh now it's just about a matter of you know capitalizing on that yeah uh, well we also get a little ku basketball here um, so I don't know, a very busy August. KU going to Puerto Rico. Their first game is going to be on Thursday. Uh, what, what's the thing, whether it's a team aspect or just maybe seeing how an individual looks and everything goes, uh, what's the one piece of this trip to Puerto Rico that you're most interested in or going to be most zoned in on to see how this or that performs? Yeah, I want to see how they, how they, how certain lineups play together. Um, you know, every year it seems like when the roster set, I I've done a Sort of a you know if they want to play really fast here's they here's the group they can go with if they want to play small they can go this way if they want to play big they can go this way and you know those things are fun to do in the moment and uh, they often provide a little entertainment and maybe some insight too but at the same time I don't know that we see very many of them you know um, but I think this group has a ton of versatility and even though they only have ten scholarship players right now with nine of them eligible to play given the fact that that Zach Clements is planning to redshirt you know that's that's not a ton but how many times have we seen Bill Self go deeper than eight or nine guys you know just it, it doesn't happen so um I think that you know finding who looks good with who who plays well together who uh who needs a little of this or a little of that to kind of you know, push them to, to bring out what the best is in them and things like that. I, I mean, you know, that's as much of it as anything. I, I, I'm excited about the Bahamas team that they're going to play. I'm excited about seeing that. And, and uh, you know, if Buddy Heald's on that team or DeAndre Ayton or whatever, you know, how does Hunter Dickinson match up with DeAndre Ayton? a freaking true NBA stud, you know, uh, how well can Kevin McCuller guard a guy like Buddy Heald, another NBA superstar, you know, I mean, like those little things are going to be cool to watch too. Um, and, 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 you know, they'll tell you something. Uh, the good news for, for KU is even if they get cooked by those guys, they're not going to see those guys in college. So it's not like it's, you know, this confidence, crusher that's going to just really be a problem but but if anything i think they can gain from it and and they're going to you know i mean like they're going to have moments where where if that's who they face and those matchups present themselves hunter dickinson's going to have a moment where he gets deandre whether he blocks his shot or just forces a tough shot and a miss or or grabs a rebound over him or whatever he's going to have those moments and kevin mcculler's going to force a turnover on buddy healed or or whatever you know and and so those things, I think, 
not only for these guys and their futures and, and what they want to do, you know, with the big picture of basketball and become pros themselves. I mean, that's huge for that, but I think it's just going to give them a chance to build their confidence and, and realize that, man, we've got some dudes on this team. And if we all play together and focus in on the right things, we could be unbeatable. And so, you know, it, it seems like that, you know, it seems a little crazy to say that that's the kind of thing you can get out of a kind of meaningless summer exhibition trip. But I, I think that's very realistic and I think it could happen. So um, I'm sure these guys will go down there and be ready to compete. And, uh, you know, whoever they're playing, obviously, if it's, if it's not the big names like that, then, then they'll, they'll get after it just the same. But I'm sure if it is those big names and, and even just a couple of them, um, man, you know, that, that's going to bring a little best, a little bit more out of each of them, I think, because that's just human nature. So I, I'm excited to see that individually, but also, you know, how do these guys look together when, when, that, when self and, and his coaching staff are playing and plugging certain matchups. I mean, I think that's, that's going to be a lot of fun to learn and, and, you know, it, it, take it with a grain of salt because it might not mean much and things could change drastically by November, but, um, at least for now, you'd have a little small indication of, of, kind of where it's at and, and where they're going to go from here. Talking with Matt Tate, before we let you go, Ryan Goodwin, uh, your buddy, he is he is 1-0 in trivia, but his win was technically a forfeiture. Now, he did score 10 points, which is pretty good. He's now ranked in the top 10. Um, I, I don't uh, – what what is it? Is it motivation? Is it uh, kind of, um, I don't know, negative because it was a forfeit win like what would you say to ryan about his uh trivia so far i think yeah i saw the rankings and i, I was happy to see his name in there because you know as we talked about last time it, 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 he's got to show up it, that's the bottom line in fact i got off the phone uh, with you last time i was on and we were talking about him and, and he had sent me a text that said we have beef and so i <laughs> i didn't really know why but i i then quickly remembered that i had just really called him JV and pushed him, you know, so I like to think that, that, you know, he's ready for whatever. And if it was a forfeit, so be it, um, you know, Ryan Goodwin, as much as, uh, as much as some people might disagree with me, um, it's right there in his name, man. The word win is in his name and that's what that guy is. He's a winner. He knows how to win, you know, and so forfeit or blowout or one point squeaker, whatever it is. I mean, he's just going to, He's just going to find a way to win. And so I, I you know, I don't want to get too crazy, but I, I have a feeling that, that, that the, the cards are sort of lining up for him and that this may be his time. Um, Lord knows it's, it's past due. So um, I hope it is, and, and I'll be eagerly, eagerly awaiting the results of, of future matchups. Because, uh, you know, he's, again, he's capable, and uh, he's just got to show up and, and stay locked in and, and trust himself. That's what I would tell him. Sometimes he talks himself talks himself out of the right answer i can't stand when he does that but um you know i get it too so it'll, it'll be fun though I, I think it's uh you got some you got some dogs in that in that bracket man you've got some real real uh trivia wizards in there so it'll it'll be a tough tough victory if he's able to snag one um but if he's the last man standing he'll he'll know he's a, a legit champion all right. Well said. Well, we're looking forward to having him on uh, later this week for <laughs> trivia. Matt, I appreciate it as always. Again, you can check out all his work with R1S1, powered by Perpetual Sports Network, and uh, check out the website Wave the Wheat. And you can check out some of those stories that we uh, were talking about earlier today. Matt, I appreciate it as always, man. Yeah, thanks, man. R1S1Sports.com is the site. Yeah, check it out. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm actually at 
camp the rest of the week, uh, football camp, and then I am headed to Puerto Rico on Friday for the last two games. So I'm going to mix and match a little football and a little basketball myself this week. So uh, next time I'll have some uh, – hopefully we uh, we talk next Tuesday and I'll have had a chance to put some eyes on uh, some of these things we were talking about from the basketball perspective too. So it should be fun. There we go. Looking forward to that. He's Matt Tate. Again, R1S1 uh, for the website and everything there. All right, one hour down. Two to go. This is RCST, RCST Trivia coming up. And also, uh, I have a top 10 list of worst state nicknames coming up on the other side. That's going to be going down, uh, talking about some of the new Pac-12 stuff. And um, I guess their commissioner, George Klafkoff, is is presenting what they kind of have, which sounds like it's kind of this weird deal from Apple TV where they would have certain games that Apple is able to sell off to like ESPN or Fox if it's a big enough game that it would go on national TV. But the other games would be uh, on a subscription-only base where you have to buy Apple TV and then you have to buy an add-on to Apple TV similar to like with the MLS Plus type of stuff going on. Um, and that... My honest reaction? <laughs> well, the so the, the base of the deal would... I, I think they're saying it would be around like low $20 million, which would obviously be a big decrease from what the Big 12 is getting, about a $10 million Big decrease. Like, or or the Big 12. Big 12 is getting like, what, 32? 32, I think, 31, yeah. 32? But that there would be... If they get enough subscriptions, like if they if they hit certain levels of subscriptions, there would be like five tiers that each tier they hit, they get like an extra revenue boost that gets distributed out to everyone. Why does that have to be so complex? I don't know. It's silly. And, and also that's a problem because a lot of these colleges like to plan out budgets years in advance or a yeah. year in advance. Yeah. You can't really do that if you don't know how much you're going to make. And also, like, how many people would actually buy this? And then on top of that... Pac-12 Network was a disaster in terms of coverage and recruits watching your games. This would be the same thing. There's I mean, not I, a lot of I people mean, that would buy this. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it. If it's a big enough Pac-12 game, it'll be on ESPN or Fox. Like, seriously. <laughs> now, if I was a fan of a Pac-12 school, I'd buy it, but, like, I don't need to. So it's not a big deal. So I'll, I, I don't know, man. That doesn't seem like it's going to go over well. Okay, my top 10 list. Last week, we did a top 10 list of the best state nicknames. Um, this week, though, we have the 10 worst State nicknames. Mm. Okay. So you ready okay. for this? Yeah. Ready? All right. Honorable mention is the Empire State, which is uh, New York. Some people think that's really cool. I think it's kind of lame uh, because when I hear the Empire State, I think they're trying to be like the emperor. They're trying to be like this evil villain. And it does okay. make sense for that to be New York, but that sounds kind of evil to me. I just think of like Empire State of Mind. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I think it's, There's I think also it's, the Empire State Building. Right? I think it's kind of Makes cool. sense. I, I'm out on it, though. Okay. I thought you would have been supporting with me on uh, hating New York. Oh, whatever. no. I hate New York as <laughs> every, everything else about it. I, I, I don't care about their name. All right. Into the top ten. Number ten. Ten is the Keystone State. The what? The Keystone State. Like Keystone Beer? No. Although that would actually be an interesting reason to name a state beer. I, that... That might be a worse reason <laughs> to name it, to be honest. Uh, the Keystone State... I don't even know what state that is. ...is Pennsylvania. What? Yeah, they earned the nickname from architecture, and it refers to the central wedge-shaped stone in an arch which holds other stones in places. Isn't that such a lame ah, so thing to be key, named oh, after? Oh, the Keystone. Like, it's the Keystone. Yes. It's, so it's literally... The keystone. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're, as we're going down this list, there are a couple things. One, if it's lame, which I think this one's kind of lame. But the other part of it um, is... I don't know. It's kind of cool, I guess. If you can't easily direct why this would be with that state, I think you get dinged for that. Okay. I mean, I don't why know. Why would you I mean, ever ding... Do they have a lot ever? of architecture where it's clearly a keystone? 
Do you ever, when you think of great architectural states, you think of Pennsylvania think of, that jumps in front of your mind? No, I can't even name one. Exactly. Oh, I guess they have, they, they have like Philadelphia with like the Liberty Bell and stuff. Mm. Whatever. I'm out on it. It's number 10. Number nine. It's not the worst though. Number nine is the Bluegrass State, which is Kentucky. You don't like the Bluegrass State? Imagine naming your state after grass. No, it's not after grass, you idiot. It is. That's the type of band. It's the type of music. Bluegrass. No, music. it's literally named after the bluegrass, which is a species of green grass that was introduced by European settlers for the purpose of grazing in pastures. What? Yes. It's not because of the music? No. It's not bluegrass music? No, bluegrass music became, they were in the bluegrass state, I would assume, and they were like, this is you know music from here. We're going to call it that. Huh. Yes. Also, well, though, I'm not a fan of bluegrass music, so that that's another reason to knock <laughs> that is it. It's pretty dumb though, because obviously the grass itself is not blue, so it's just inherently yes, wrong. That's a lie. It yeah, is it's a, a lie. lie. Yeah, it's literally not blue. No, seriously. Like, imagine like that's such a lame name to so name your state after green grass, grass. You'd be more okay with no, it. No, it'd still be stupid. But it wouldn't be a Why lie. Why are we naming after grass? Like, oh, oh dude, we're have the, you ever been to Kentucky? What else is there to name it after? We're the road state because we have roads. We're the guard. We're the, I don't know, we're the sidewalk state. We have sidewalks. Well, that's lots like, of them. But, I mean, people call Kansas like the wheat state. Is that, is that the same thing? Yeah, but wheat makes cool stuff. <laughs> Number eight. Eight is uh, the beehive state, which is Utah. Oh, okay. You don't here's, like beehives? No well, first of all, I mean, no, beehive, bees are good. Bees are good for the environment. Save the um, bees. So that's, that's great. My problem with this what, one is that it doesn't correlate. What do you the mean? beehive state is actually a cool state name. It doesn't correlate. Have you ever thought of Utah as being the beehive state? I don't know. I mean, maybe if they have a lot of bees there, I don't know. Well, mm. what, I mean, how do you know if it correlates or not? I don't know. See, you, also, don't, see you don't even know. But that's my problem. Again, if you're called the state of something, I want it to be known. I want it to be very sure that everybody's well, like. Maybe it is known. Of course, in we Utah. know Georgia is all about peaches. Maybe people in Utah do know that. I it's guess the beehive. But state. see, this is also the explanation of why it's called the beehive state. Because the beehive is known for a symbol of hard work and industry. So it's not even necessarily that it is about beehives. It's that it's just been associated with Utah because they feel like they're hardworking and industrious. Maybe they are. It's lame. Number seven. Seventh is the Peace Garden State. The what? The what pe- state? Exactly. It's too long. <laughs> it's lengthy. And also, you're not even going to think of this one when I say the Peace Garden State. I'm guessing it's like Rhode Island or some random... I actually thought when I heard it, it was going to be a northeast state. It is not, not. northeast state. It is uh, North Dakota. The Peach Garden State. The Peace oh, Garden peace. State. <laughs> That'd be peace better. Peace Garden. No, yeah, this is stupid. Listen, it needs to roll off the tongue in a good way. Yeah. This does not do that. Too lengthy. This is mumbo jumbo. Also, what does that even mean? Peace Garden. What is that? Number six. Old Dominion. You don't like Old Dominion? No. I kind of like Old Dominion. So is this Virginia? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is Virginia. At least you know what this one is. Um, I don't mind Old Dominion. Well, here's my problem. What's your problem? It's the explanation for why it's called Old Dominion. <laughs> okay. There's like the college called Old Dominion then Virginia yeah, too, Dominion right? University, yeah. Um, I then, played as them in NCAA Football 14. So this is from Encyclopedia Virginia. They don't okay. actually officially know why it's called that, which is kind of a problem, but... The nickname probably derives from the fact that Virginia was the first and therefore the oldest of the overseas dominions of kings and queens of England. So the reason it is Old Dominion then is because of a relation 
to England when they owned the U.S. So you're we saying, got out of that. What are we saying, doing here? Yeah, screw the British. We need to. We had a literal something. revolution. We had a re- the Revolutionary War, and this is just pooping on George Washington. The what war? And what did I say? I no, I was. Just oh, I thought I was I, just okay. All right, yeah, Old Dominion, man. You can't you can't throw it back. You got to pick something uh, that represents you as a state of America, not when you were a, a part of the the English thing, the English <laughs> Empire. Yes, thank you. The Empire bad. Number five. In the top five, five is the Hoosier State, which is Indiana. What? You don't it, like Hoosier State? Because here's my problem. Do you know what a Hoosier is? Uh, isn't it just like a it's name? It's just for a person a- from Indiana. Yeah, what's wrong with that? That's like calling that. We're the the Indiana and Indiana State. That's basically what that's saying. That'd be like if Kansas was the Kansan State. I, I don't see the issue. What do you mean you don't see? That's such a lame name to just be like, we're the state of know, where man. just the people Hoosiers are. Hoosiers is cool enough to where we're the I people think, state. I think Hoosiers is cool enough that I I give it a pass. No, Even that's if it just make sense. We're the Even Indiana and dumb, Indiana State. That's dumb. I, I'm give, I think Hoosier is cool enough pass. No, it's it literally is redundant. You don't need it. They can just be the the state of Indiana at that point. No need for it. Number four. Number four is the Centennial State. The what? The Centennial State. There's not a hundred states. <laughs> but it's it's because this state gained statehood in 1876, which was a hundred years after signing the Declaration of so Independence this, for the U.S. Okay, wait. 1876. So is this like? Arizona or Colorado? It is Colorado. Okay. Uh, Colorado is the right answer there. But, it, okay, here's the thing. When you think of Colorado, there's so many things you could think yeah, of. Yeah, they could eat. Why, why, why isn't Colorado like the Rocky Mountains? State? Exactly. It'd be way cooler. Right. You could or do something with mountains. State. You could do something with snow. All sorts of things that you would have in Colorado. And instead, they just decided to be like, ah, we're 100 years out. We'll just go with that. We're the Centennial State. I think that's lame. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of lame, too. I, okay. I would think it was, if this was like Oklahoma or Arizona or some other state where they didn't have something like inherently cool about them, I would be more fine with this. But I mean, dude, the Rocky Mountain state is just right there. It's right there for the take. And you just didn't take it? What are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Ridiculous. Number three. All right, number three, um, we are going to go with uh, Arkansas which I'm sure you'll be glad that they're on the list. Okay. They are nicknamed the natural state. The natural state. When you think of Arkansas, do you think of... Like, nature? the most natural state. Yeah, what does that even mean? Natural? Nature? What? I don't understand what that means. Because everyone has nature. Every state has nature. So you can't be the nature state, can you? Uh, yeah. Maybe. So what... I guess not. I don't know. I I think it's weird. Like, well, I just don't understand I'd what be, it means. I'd be more accepting if Colorado was the natural state. Why? There's more nature. There's mountains. There's water. Well, why not there's, make like Wyoming the natural state? Like, I get it. There's or parts Montana. of Arkansas that do have like big mountain or I don't know, like rock climbing mountains. Hey, and, man, like, lakes I drove and through the Arkansas hill country on my way to Memphis uh-huh. for the for the Liberty Bowl. It was very hilly. Okay. And very I'm just saying, it's hill country. The most natural state that I've kind of seen. So I also I, I thought know. I was maybe gonna die because I didn't know where I was, but. That's a different story. Okay. Number two. Number two on the list is Hawaii, the Aloha State. What's wrong with that? Aloha means hello and goodbye. So you're basically saying go away. What? The goodbye state. You're basically saying leave me alone. Go yeah, away. Yeah, but dude, Shoot. that's like what, what? Bye. Why do you not like Aloha? What's wrong with that? 
I like Aloha, but if you're calling it the Aloha State, that means you're saying because if it does mean what goodbye, what else do you want Hawaii to you're call You're saying itself? it's the goodbye state. That doesn't which make that's any rude. sense. If you walk it up is, to someone, because, no, 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 no. If you it's walk because up to someone, hello and goodbye if, because people travel there no, for vacation and they leave. No, if you walk up to someone, so and it's your hello. First, thanks for coming to our state for vacation. Goodbye. See you later. If your first interaction no, with someone, you sense. walk up to them, is saying goodbye. No, this, that is so incredibly this is rude. The worst ranking you've ever had. No, this, this is totally is, right. This is incredibly rude to have no. your first introduction to someone saying goodbye. It's because they're coming That's on basically vacation. Basically, might as well flip their well, who, finger up to me What kind of people go to Hawaii? By. Only people come on vacation. So it's hello for coming on vacation, and then oh, you're leaving because nope. you don't live here because nope. you're you're too poor. You can't name. afford to live it's here different. all the time. Goodbye. Nope. <laughs> That's a terrible ranking. Number one, the worst state. Name is Missouri with the Show Me State. <laughs> this is what started the list. Yeah. They're literally called the Show Me State because they're skeptical. Because they're dumb and they need you to show them because they're too stupid to figure it out. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> there's really not funny. much else to explain. I'm reading a uh, a piece on this. The Joplin miners were unfamiliar with Colorado mining methods and required frequent instruction. Pit bosses began saying, that man is from Missouri. You'll have to show him. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, wow. Basically, just making fun if you're, I don't know, that just dumb. You're just yes, dumb. You're just an idiot. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Uh, that is our Missouri. top 10 don't worst there. state nicknames. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Shock Sports Talk. RCST Trivia next on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. Two trivia matchups coming at you today. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, Jayhawk Trophy, and McDonald's and Mr. D's Auto Wash. 23rd Street Brewery with dine-in, carry-out, catering, all available. You can try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese, Haney Turkey Stack, Hank Booth Burger, any of the great menu items. And don't forget about their beer, which you can get to go with their Crowlers. So our first matchup today is Nathaniel Beta and Colton New. Both these guys lost close matchups in week one, which makes this one even more important for both people. Yeah, the pressure's really on here. I mean, listen, it's a three-week season. Okay, and if you lost your first game, you really can't afford to go down 0-2. You just can't. You got to be able to get at least one win to get yourself to a one-on-one spot to where you feel like you have a chance in that last week of play. So this is a very, very critical matchup for these two guys, and I'm really excited to see how it goes. You know, I, Nathaniel is a guy who made his first uh, trivia appearance in basketball, and I, he got a win, right? And then he lost in the second round uh, as a nine seed. Yeah, he I think he played 16, one of the 16s. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think he lost to which Derek. Which is a tough matchup, yeah. Maybe Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got a little bit, a little of experience under his belt, but obviously with football, it's a different ball game, and uh, we'll see how he does. And, and with Colton, I'm really excited about him because I think Colton has a lot of passion and is definitely someone who is just a real fan of KU football. And he told us last week he's he works in the athletic department, so yeah. I don't know if that gives him a little insider info on uh, anything like that. So. Uh, two guys that I'm really, really excited to, to hear from and see how they play in this matchup. Well, and it's very important. Andrew Wymore won his first matchup uh, beating Nathaniel. So if Nathaniel um, wins this one, then he would need Colton to beat Andrew for a chance for there to be a three-way tie-in first. Or if Colton wins this, then that would mean the matchup next week between Colton and Andrew would become a division take-all game. So uh, we'll see what those stakes have. Let's get into our first matchup of the day. First matchup of the day features Nathaniel Abeda and Colton New here in RCST Football Trivia 2023. This is uh, a interconference matchup in the Brewery Conference, our 23rd Street Brewery, one of their two divisions this year. Andrew Wymore currently in first of the division. Colton and Nathaniel both looking to get 
on the board with their first win of 2023. Uh, so, Colton, let's start with you. Uh, have you done anything different to get ready for your second matchup of the year? Um. Well, just getting familiar with names in the past and in the present um, and just staying confident. Nathaniel, uh, you lose your first one in a tough matchup. Uh, what takeaways did you have from that first matchup as you head into your second? Uh, well, definitely gave me a kick in the pants to spend a little more time with the media guide. So I tried to do that in the uh, week since it's been. Okay. Well, uh, let's see who can come out on top of this one. Um, Colton, I'm going to go ahead and let you call the coin toss here. Do you want heads or tails? Oh, I had. All right. Heads it is. Heads has been the most popular lately. It is heads again. I think that's what, four in a row? Something like been, that? Heads has Maybe been on, more than that. on a run. Oh. Do you want to go first or second, Colton? I'll, I'll defer. All right. So if you're going to defer, uh, do, does that mean you want Nathaniel to go first or do you want Nathaniel to pick? I, I want to go last. Okay. So Nathaniel, you'll be up first. That means Colton will be up second. We're going to start in our first quarter of play. These ones are worth three points. Nathaniel, your first question. What quarterback led Kansas in completions, attempts, passing yards, and passing touchdowns in 2022? Uh, Jalen Daniels. That's right. For a second, you're like, man, could Jason Bean have done that? But no, Jalen Daniels is the correct answer. Okay, Colton, your first question for three points. What running back? Led Kansas in rushing touchdowns with nine of them this past season in 2022. I'd have to go with Devin Neal. That's right. Devin Neal is the correct answer. Yeah, the most rushing touchdowns on the team. Jalen might have ended up first because of the injury that kind of held him back. Same for Daniel Highshaw, too, who I think was on pace for 16 of them over the full season. I would have guessed Daniel Highshaw would have finished had he played the rest of the season, but it would have been close either way. Yep. Well, uh, glad to have him back this year. That's for sure. All right, on to the medium round. These are worth six points. We're going to go back to you, Nathaniel. Name this Jayhawk center who earned all Big 12 honorable mention in 2021 and is back in 2023. Mike Nowitzki. That's right. Mike Nowitzki is the correct answer. That's worth six points for you. Take a 9-3 to three lead. All right, Colton, your second question worth six points. Name this Jayhawk offensive tackle who earned all Big 12 honorable mention in 2021, started again in 2022, and then graduated off to the NFL. Earl Bostic Jr. That's right. We actually had both of those in a slightly easier format given the first names in an easy round yesterday, but this one maybe a little tougher without the context there. But you guys both nailed them. It is 9-9. Good work from both of you guys, and we're tied up going into the second half of play. All right, back to you, Nathaniel. On October 4th of 2008, Jake Sharp logged 79 rushing yards and a career-high 107 receiving yards to help the Jayhawks earn a road win over what Big 12 North opponent? Could you repeat the date, Derek? October 4th, 2008. October 4th, Big 12 North. Hmm. 
I don't think this is right, but I'm going to guess K-State. Mm. Uh, the date part of it was probably helpful for you to eliminate Missouri. The correct answer, though, is Iowa State. I feel like whenever somebody guesses K-State, it's been Iowa State. And whenever somebody guesses Iowa State, it's been K-State. That's just how the, the questions sometimes have, have worked this year. All right, Colton, you got a chance to take the lead here. Your question for seven points. On November 16th of 2013, James Sims logged a career-high 211 rushing yards and added three touchdowns to help the Jayhawks earn a win over what Big 12 opponent? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, I'll go with, um, Texas. The correct answer on this one was West Virginia. West Virginia. I think that was the uh, only time KU had beaten West Virginia until last year. All right. Oh, wow. Into the really hard round. Yep. That was, that was a fun one, though. I think fans stormed the field. All right, uh, Nathaniel, your really hard question for eight points in the lead. This Jayhawk receiver went for a team highs of 36 catches and 629 receiving yards to help the Jayhawks finish 8-4 and four in the 1981 season. What's his name? Uh... Nell <laughs> The correct answer is Wayne Capers. Wayne Capers, the right one there. All right, Colton, you got a chance to win it here. Otherwise, we're going to have an overtime matchup, which would be our back-to-back overtime matchups, actually. All right, Colton, you're really hard question. Only trailing Willie Pless and Nick Reed. This Jayhawk is third all-time at Kansas in career tackles with 403 of them doing so from 1984 to 1987. What's his name? Um, I don't know that one. <laughs> All right. Correct answer is Rick Bredesen. Rick Bredesen. Bredesen, maybe? Bredesen, maybe, yeah. Okay, well, it's nine to nine. That means we get overtime. And uh, Colton, I had you call the coin toss in the pregame, so I'm going to have Nathaniel call this coin toss. The rules, how they're going to work here, um, after the coin toss goes and we determine who goes first and second, whoever goes first will pick what category they want to answer a question in. Easy, medium, hard, really hard. Whoever goes second will have the option to match that answer if the first person gets it right or answer one harder to try to win the matchup. Now, if the first person misses the question, Second person just has to answer an easy, and they would get through. Um, so, Nathaniel, I'm going to give you the choice here on the coin. Heads or tails? You said it one four times in a row. I guess I'll go heads again. <laughs> All right. It is tails. Oh, man. Oh. Right when you could count on it. So, Colton, do you want to go first or second this time? I'll go second. All right. He's going to stick with it. Now, if we go to second overtime, it will rotate the other way. Uh, but that said, Nathaniel, what category would you like to answer a question out of? Uh, I'll go medium. Okay. We're going to go to the uh, the medium round here. All right. Nathaniel, for you. Trailing just Devin Neal, what Jayhawk finished second on the 2022 team with 425 rushing yards? I hope that's Daniel Hyshaw. 
correct answer is Jalen Daniels. Even with oh. the missed games, JD got it. All right, Colton, you can answer any question to get the win here. You can go easy or you can go for the style points and go into the medium or the hard round if you want. I'll go with the easy. Okay, easy it is. All right, your question. Colton, who did Kansas lose to in the 2022 Liberty Bowl? Arkansas. That's right. And Colton, you have come through with an overtime victory. Those three points there uh, just didn't go your way on it, Nathaniel. Tough way to lose. Colton, though, congratulations. You got the victory. How does it feel? Oh, it feels amazing. Definitely, definitely good redemption for last time. So there you go. Well, Nathaniel, what went wrong for you? What's the question you look back on and and you're like, man, I I should have got that one. Well, I'm kicking myself on the overtime one because we talked about it just before, and you even brought up the fact that Jalen might have might have led the team in uh, touchdowns if he hadn't got injured as well. So that you live and you learn. Yep, you do. But I mean, nine points overall in regulation. Like I've been saying all week, if you get to nine points, I think that's a very respectable score. It's going to put you in a chance to win a lot of matchups and give you a chance at some tiebreakers and stuff. So pressure's on for you to win next week to try to stay alive. But you're still in it. Colton, congrats on the first win, and uh, guys, we'll see you both next week. Thank you for joining us. Good luck, Nick. Yep. All right, so Colton coming through in overtime. It's so tough. If you missed that first question in overtime, it's... I mean, it's almost just like real college football overtime, where if you get the ball first and you don't score, like, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, that's a good point. uh, You know, tough way to go out like that, and sometimes that's just just the way it goes, right? And the funniest part about that is – he wanted to lean into picking heads because it had I been know. heads, and then uh, you hit him with the tails, Derek. How does that make you feel? I feel at fault for the you loss. Should be, of you anything. should feel at I fault. I know. I mean, that's your fault. You're the one flipping the coin. I know. I, I am the one Just physically to be clear, flipping the coin. The coin is vetted by the committee. It's checked to make sure there's nothing fishy about it. Isn't that we proof, have though? eyes on you? I'm seeing you. We're all, we have the zoom camera, so nope. So everybody knows that there's nothing fishy going on with the coin flip. But still, I don't know. Yeah, you, you don't totally know. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess the fact that it – I don't know. That's just Listen, like the ultimate – The competition committee takes this very, very seriously. Sure. <laughs> I mean, any any suggestion of any sort of uh, shenanigans, chicanery, anything, we will investigate, and we will get to the truth. All right. Well, if it's like the NCAA, we got a long time before <laughs> that investigation comes out. Uh, RCSD Trivia is brought to you by Jayhawk Trophy. They've got all your custom awards. They are engraving experts in Lawrence – Check them out for anything you need done with Jayhawk Trophy. We're going to take a timeout. We have our second trivia matchup of the day between Justin Nichols and Andrew Wymore. You're listening to RCST Football Trivia with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson on KLWN. Welcome back in for our second trivia matchup of the day. And by the way, coming up in our next segment at 5 o'clock, David McComb, the class of 2025 QB commit for KU football, is going to join us. So uh, that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, This is going to be a really good one, I think. Justin Nichols had a a tough week one performance. I mean, this is somebody who, over the course of basketball, over the course of football, has proven to be one of our best overall trivia contestants in general. Yep. He only had three points in week one, which is very unorthodox for what we're used to seeing with Justin. So I think you're going to see a good bounce back here. It, it's it's tough that Andrew has to play him in week two, where he's like ready for that bounce back. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're a team who plays Alabama after they lose for the first time in 300 yeah. years, and then it's yeah. like, great, well, we're yeah. now being led like, to the it's slaughter. It's like you're the Citadel, yeah. and Alabama <laughs> plays you know LSU the week before 
and because the SEC is a bunch of idiots and clowns and cowards, the Citadel's got to go roll out and play Alabama in Week 12 and lose by 100. Yeah, uh, but Andrew is more than good enough to win this matchup on his own. He's oh, ranked yeah. seventh. He's tied ranked seventh uh, with Blake McFarland. He won his first matchup. Uh, this is a non-conference matchup, so in theory, even if Andrew loses this but then beats Colton next week, he'll win his division anyway. But So maybe it's even more important for Justin to win this game just because you know Andrew has that other avenue of making it in, and with Justin starting 0-1, he really could use that at-large bid. But I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Yeah, these are two really, really strong competitors, like you said. Justin may be one of the best overall we have based off of what he's done with basketball. But listen... In football, his first week, not very impressive. So he's definitely got something to prove. And Andrew, Andrew, I think, is also one of the guys that's just really, really solid across the board. He's got a really, really good base of knowledge, and I trust him to to perform at a pretty high level. So this is going to be a, a very interesting matchup, and I think you make a good, a good point because if Andrew wins this matchup, Justin may not have an avenue to get to make it to the playoffs, uh, yeah. which would be really wild. I mean, he's probably a guy that you would have pegged as, as making the playoffs in the preseason. And if he's already down 0-2, probably it wouldn't happen for him. So this is a big game for him and an opportunity for Andrew to make sure that somebody who might be some competition for him in the playoffs doesn't make it in. All right, well, uh, before we get into our first matchup, RCST Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern celebrating its 70th year anniversary, meaning all sorts of great specials for you. Uh, they've got the original location in North Lawrence as one of 13 locations now from Topeka all the way to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. They got the Nucleus Pizza, the Buffalo Chicken Dip, the Wilson Wings, the Johnny Wilson Burger, anything in between. And you know what the weather heating up? You want that ice cold beer? How about trying the new blue collar lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. Into our second matchup of the day. Justin Nichols was a preseason top 10 team. Andrew Wymore was not, but now he is. He's ranked number seven. Justin is still receiving votes. He's in the honorable mention category from the rankings, but just outside of the top ten. Justin, let's start with you here. You had a tough first week, and that was the case for a lot of our contestants who were ranked in the top ten. I think six or seven of our top ten lost in week one. Um, I don't know. Where, where do you go from your week one performance to uh, week number two? It'd be cool to score more than three points. Um, that, that'd be a good starting point. Uh, I, I was... I was I was really off last week, made some stupid, uh, stupid choices, and hopefully this time we'll be a little bit more focused, a little bit more prepared and, and ready to go. But up against Andrew, he's a good good competitor here, so I don't know. I don't have high expectations, put it that way. Well, Andrew, uh, you found yourself 1-0 after the first week of play. Now, this is a non-conference matchup. Justin's coming out of the 23rd Street Conference. Andrew's coming out of the Brewery Conference. Um, so this one won't, you know, clinch your division or anything. But Andrew, if you win this game, you're two and zero. You're probably sitting pretty good for at least getting in the playoffs, isn't at large at that point. Uh, do you feel any added pressure now with a ranking next to your name with that one and zero record? No, this is where we expect it to be. Um, we always take every uh, uh, game uh, equally as important as the next one, uh, and. You know, we're playing for pride. Uh, we, you know, we came out of the 23rd Street Brewery region in basketball um, this past season and, and couldn't quite make it through. So uh, we're, we're re really proven to show that we know all about that uh, Bill Self mac and cheese. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, it's, it's feeling like your home field at that point. So I guess that would make Justin the visiting team anytime he comes to the uh, 23rd Street Arena. So I'll give you the coin toss, Justin. Do you want heads or tails? 
Big heads. All right, heads was on a hot streak, but the last one was tails. This time it's heads again. Man, that makes you feel even worse for Nathaniel. Okay, uh, that means, Justin, you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, second's always best. Okay, see if it works out that way this time. Andrew, that means you are up first. Starting the easy round of question. These are worth three points. Andrew, first name Andy. Who is KU's current offensive coordinator? Kulinecki. Yep. And uh, he is a delight. We'll actually hear from him tomorrow at a media availability and share that audio for you here on RCST. Okay, Justin. Will he be wearing a, a shirt, do you know, tomorrow? Uh, I would assume so, but you can never rule it out with uh, Andy if it means getting a recruit. The shirt may come off. Yeah, no, that's right. Maybe halfway through, it might come you, off. you do never know. Uh, Justin, your question. First name, Brian. Who is KU's current defensive coordinator? Orland. Yep. A couple current ones there. Nice to know the coordinators. Those are both worth three. All right. On to the uh, medium round of questions. These are worth six. We are tied three to three. Back to you, Andrew. Making his collegiate debut, this freshman running back logged 101 yards and a touchdown in the Jayhawks' 2010 victory over Georgia Tech. What's his name? James Sims. That's right, James Sims. Uh, I, I don't know why he didn't play in the North Dakota State game. I don't know if his injury or something else, but uh, made his debut and helped KU beat Georgia Tech after weirdly losing to North Dakota State. Okay, 9-3. to three. Andrew leads it back to you, Justin, with a chance to surpass what you did last week and tie the score. This Jayhawk quarterback helped KU nearly upset a top-five TCU team in 2014 with over 300 passing yards and three total touchdowns. The 2014? Yes. Uh, that would have been uh, Michael Cummings, right? That was Michael Cummings. Know, he was a very, very solid quarterback for KU when he was in there. Okay, 9-9's the score. We're tied at halftime. We head into the second half of play. Back to you, Andrew. This is the hard round. Third quarter, it's worth seven points. Andrew, what former KU running back who played for Glenn Mason owns the career record for most rushing touchdowns with 41 of them? That June Henley? That is June Henley. Good hit there. One of the all-time great KU running backs. And this is a good week for you, Andrew. You take a 16-9 to lead. Justin, let's see if you can match it. Your hard question. Name this Glenn Mason KU running back who was KU's most recent conference end-of-season offensive player of the year. So Jalen won it preseason. But end-of-season conference offensive player of the year award winner. Last KU running back to do it was this Glenn Mason running back. Happened to have seen this just a little bit earlier when I was doing some research. It's Tony Sands. It is Tony Sands. Won it back in 1991. Jalen Daniels will be looking to win it this year. What a matchup. 16-16. This is the highest score we've had through three quarters of play. It's going to suck that one of you guys has to lose. But unfortunately, that is the case. All right, into the really hard round. These are worth eight points. Let's see if somebody can take it here. Back to you, Andrew. In 1996... 
Kansas allowed 476 passing yards to Mike Fouts of Utah, the most they've ever allowed to an individual quarterback. That number, though, was matched in 2012 by what Texas Tech quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I was hoping if you didn't know that was going to be the guess. Uh, Seth Dagey. Seth Dagey is the correct answer. All right, Justin, you've got a chance to have a perfect week. This would be our first perfect week, and boy, would it come at a good time after you had just three points last week, and it would win you this matchup. So, Justin, your question. In 2014, Kansas almost upended a top five TCU team, but with KU up 27 to 24, TCU had a 69-yard punt return touchdown. What player returned that punt for the Horned Frogs? It's a short dude. Um, oh, God. Uh, I don't have to say a last name, right? Yes. Davis. Correct answer is Cameron Eccles Looper. That's not the short dude I was thinking of. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that short dude is not an acceptable answer. <laughs> Should we start accepting that if you can like name the exact height? I don't know who he is, but he was 6'4". Um, okay. <laughs> that really tall guy. <laughs> well, this is a fun one. We are tied. We're going to overtime. It is 16-16. to 16. Our last three matchups now have gone to overtime, so there's something in the water here. Um, Justin, I gave you the opening coin toss, so I'm going to flip it to Andrew. Andrew, you'll have the coin toss. Let me re-go over the rules here for you guys both, just in case you don't remember overtime. Uh, Andrew's going to call the coin. I whoever is right with the coin, or if he's right or wrong or whatever, will get to choose if they go first or second in the overtime. If you go first, you pick the category you want to answer a question in. If you get it right, the second person will have the choice of either hitting the same question to force a second overtime, to which the two teams would flip sides, or they can answer a harder question to try to win the game. If the first person misses the question, second person just has to answer an easy to uh, go through. So, Andrew, you have the coin toss here. Do you want heads or tails? Heads. All right. It is heads again. <laughs> Nick looked over at me like I was doing something with the coin because that's now like six Listen, of the last We seven. are just making sure that there's right. no uh, shenanigans occurring. Okay, so it is heads. So, Andrew, do you want to go first or second? All right, second. second it is. So it'll switch here. If we go to double overtime, it'll switch back. Um, and that means, Justin, you have the first pick. What category do you want to answer a question in? Uh, let's do six-point. Okay, so we're going to do the uh, six-pointer, which is the medium round of questions here. And your first question, Justin. In KU's 2005 overtime win over Iowa State to earn bowl eligibility, what Jayhawk underclassman corner had an interception with a 45-yard return? Akib Tlaib. That's right. Akib Tlaib came up big in that one for KU to win that game and earn bowl eligibility. Okay, so that's six points for Justin in the first overtime. Andrew, you now have the choice. You can either answer a medium to tie the score and force double OT, or you can try to answer a hard to go for the win. Medium. Okay, medium it is. Andrew, your question. In KU's 2008 loss to Nebraska, 
what Jayhawk junior safety and future NFL player logged 15 tackles and a forced fumble? Daryl Stuckey. Daryl Stuckey, the right answer there. And just like that, we are tied. It is uh, 22 to 22 going into double OT. Now it switches to you. Andrew, you are first up. So you have the choice. What category do you want to answer in? Medium. Okay. Let's go to the uh, medium round here. Let's see. Sorry, running out of questions. Got to go deeper on the list here. All right, Andrew, uh, your question. What wide receiver owns the KU record for most receiving touchdowns with 31 of them? Most receiving touchdowns in his career. 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 Mm -hmm. No uh, era. Nope. That's um, that Kerry Meyer. You had the right era. Unfortunately, it is Desmond Briscoe. Okay, Justin, you have the option here. Do you want to go for the uh, the bonus points, or do you no, want we'll the just, easy question? We'll just take the easy. All right. No need to overcomplicate it then. All right, Justin, here's your easy question. Kansas has two players who wore number four in the 2022 season. Both of them are back in 2023. One's a running back, one's a safety. Name one of them. Devin Neal. Devin Neal. The other one a, is uh, Marvin Grant. And just like that, Justin, you come through with the victory there. Uh, so in the end, that second round of overtime, the medium question tripped you up there, Andrew. Uh, what went wrong in, in the Desmond Briscoe one? I don't know. I mean, when you when you first asked it, I... I don't know what I was thinking, um, and it's, um, but yeah, then obviously it came down to Gary or Dez, and I chose the wrong one. I think they flip-flopped back and forth on that record um, several times their last years. So, Justin, if you would have had... Good, good for Justin. Yeah, if, if you would have had the first overtime guest there and you picked a medium and, and it was the Desmond Briscoe question, would you have hit that one, or would you have guessed somebody else? I would have gotten it just again. I happened to look for, I looked through the media guide for like 10 minutes before we got on here and I saw that. And I remember that Kerry Meyer had the most catches, Des had the most touchdown catches. And then I surprised, I think if I remember correctly, that Steven Sims actually is, is, is second um, on touchdown catches. And that just stuck in my head for some reason. Um, so I would, I would have gotten it, but it would have been kind of just pure luck that I happened to have looked at it right before well that was an Where awesome carry on the list that's a good question um i will have to look it up again desmond briscoe had uh had 31 he, of them i think he was third if i remember right and then it was like willie bond or somebody like that was right behind him yeah it looks like uh carrie meyer wound up with 18 of them over the course of his obviously didn't have as many years playing receiver as uh des briscoe did uh but nonetheless that's a heck of a matchup and you know this might not be the last time you guys meet because andrew winning your first game and still putting up a lot of points here at the very least in in this second one justin with a great bounce back here who knows maybe this is a, a matchup that's meant for the playoffs as well to to settle the score a little bit more guys we appreciate both of you joining this stuff and uh good work today really good matchup Thanks, good luck, just like andrew wow Wow. That was a good one. Low T. That was a good one. Three straight overtime matchups, too. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think our the combination of us maybe tweaking the questions a little bit and people coming in more prepared has has been successful. We've mm-hmm. seen some very very competitive matchups with guys getting after it, and this was another great one. And I think too, uh, a couple guys who maybe started zero and one, who have bounced back, or not even zero and one, because Kyle Martin won in week one. But guys who maybe had a lower scoring week one than they wanted to have really bounced back here in week two. Kyle Martin yeah. had sixteen. Justin Nichols had sixteen in regulation here. I mean, Andrew, sixteen points most weeks. That's going to get you the win. Andrew's yeah. sitting there, even at one and one, like twenty five points through two matchups at one and one, with yeah. a chance next week to just win your division. Like he's still in good shape. Yeah, I think definitely with the just with the points he scored, he's probably like you said in a pretty good position to to either win the division if he does win next week, or secure an at large bid as well. Yeah, uh, well that's a fun one, uh, a lot of fun with with that one. So. Uh, we'll see what the rest of the week beholds. We're supposed to have a couple more matchups coming at you tomorrow. RCST Trivia is brought to you by McDonald's and Mr. D's Auto Wash, both in Lawrence area. Same ownership. Check them out here in Lawrence. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. That's RCST Trivia for the day. More tomorrow. We will uh, switch gears a little bit, talk some KU football, I guess, a little bit. David McComb, the class of 2025 football commit quarterback for KU in the class is going to join us on the other side. we got some more KU football audio from players and from Lance Leipold to share. All that coming in the 5 o'clock hour on RCST. Depend on it. 5 o'clock hour. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson, and we're joined now by a special guest. Class of 2025 commit recruit for uh, KU football, David McComb, who is a six foot three quarterback from Edmond, Oklahoma, and Memorial High School. Uh, David, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Bill Self, obviously different sport, KU basketball, he's from Edmond, Oklahoma, too. Did that play in at all to your decision to come to KU? Um, not too much. It was a pretty cool fact, though, but he actually went to my high school, so he's he's a alum from Edmond Memorial High School, and it's pretty cool because Coach G was trying to get me to meet him, but he wasn't there while I was there, so hopefully one day I can. There you go. Uh, so I guess uh, just the main part of this, you're, you're going into your junior year of high school. Uh, what made you feel so sure about KU that that was going to be the place that, that made you want to commit to be a Jayhawk? Well, when I took my first visit, the, just the family aspect of it and how much they care about the players was really like transparent to me. And I, I just knew that I wanted to play there, and I couldn't see myself anywhere else. So I didn't want to wait too long or – like just kind of go through the recruiting process for that dream offer. I wanted to play KU since I, that first visit, so I that, that's after I I commit. I told coach I wanted to commit. We went over it. Took about a month to get it all in. Went, went to our second visit, got it done. So, and I, I think Edmund, you're kind of I don't know about the same distance to Stillwater and, and Norman. I, I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm right on that, but uh, did you grow up a, a fan of of one of those other teams? No, I actually um, I actually moved to Oklahoma okay. about. Three, two years ago, I moved from San Diego, so I had no idea there was a big rivalry going on out here, and I got here, and everybody's like, do you like OU or OSU? I was like, I don't know. I don't like either. How about that? <laughs> so. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, uh, it's worked out for, for Kansas bringing Jalen Daniels from Southern California. I'm from Southern California, so let's let's take this thing over. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess for you, when you visited Kansas for the first time, I don't know if you had a thought in your head what it would be like, and then you come here and, and it was maybe something else. Or uh, what, what made you fall in love with the university and uh, the campus, and, and what did you like about your visit? 
Well, I didn't have any, like, everybody I talked to, there was no negative thing about Kansas. Everybody that talks about, like, going to Kansas is, like, the best decision I've ever made. And they're always talking about how beautiful the campus is and how good these coaches are doing. And I really saw that while I was there. It's it, talking to Coach Leipold and talking to all the Coach G and just picking his brain about football stuff. It's really cool because they just, they just care so much about the program and want, want to build it up. So I, I'm excited to be a part of it. Do you have a favorite memory or play or moment of your high school football career so far? Um, we had a, we have a city rivalry going with two other schools, and we beat both of them this year, which is pretty cool. Because I, I came to school that kind of I, when I moved here, it was it was they were on a downhill track. They had a wide coaching staff, so it was the first year new coaching, and I was just like. Last year we didn't beat them so sophomore year we beat both these schools like pretty good by twenty one points each and it was pretty good feeling to beat those because I, I didn't even like know there's a rivalry going on with those schools but like after you beat them and you like feel that like the environment of the game is pretty it's pretty exciting to beat both those guys. Well, you talked about Jim Zabrowski, the KU quarterback coach, uh, kind of being your your recruiting guy on the visit and everything. Well, what did you think of Coach Zabrowski? And I don't know if you got a chance to meet Andy Kotelnicki as well, the offensive coordinator, but what do you think about the staff uh, of KU uh, that, that you'd be playing for? That was a big decision for me. Like big, uh big factor in my decision to commit was just that they have a quarterback coach just committed to quarterbacks, and he's not the offensive coordinator or he's not the pass game coordinator. He just focuses on quarterbacks, and I feel like that's really helping with like developmental part of the game that they can really help me and get better at quarterback and not just the X and O side of the game, but like the technique and just the physical side of the game. And I think that was really cool with me. And I have to talk to Coach K a little bit, and he just kind of went over what they run and how I fit in that scheme. And it was, it's, it's nice to see that they they care about me and they see that I I can fit in that offense. And, I mean, today, first day of, um, like, open talks with the juniors, 2025, I had like at least nine or ten coaches and player personnel from KU text me, so it's just really cool. Everybody's reaching out. Everybody cares about me, and it makes me feel at home. How would you describe your game? What what is uh, I don't know? Is there a professional or college quarterback you model your game after at all? How would you describe that for KU fans? Um, I feel like I don't really. I, I would say Josh Allen because I'm a bigger guy, so I feel like I can be able to. I, I run the ball like him. I can run the ball, go get a first down, run outside. I'm fast enough to beat guys to the edge. And but I can make those plays with just my arm. Like I'm running sideways. I can throw across my body. I can throw in weird ways that a lot of guys can't. And I think that's uh, my pocket presence. My pocket presence could be a little bit uh, of work, and that's what Coach D told me too. And that was really cool because they they're transparent about what I need to work on. He's giving me drills to help me, and I feel like I've already gotten better since I've been talking to him. So I that pocket presence is what I've been working on a lot right now, though. What's your background in football? When did you start playing, and, and do you play any other sports? Um, I played, I played the football, baseball, basketball as like seventh, seventh grade and eighth grade. But I started playing football when I was seven. Played quarterback that year. There's only one year I took off of quarterback, and I was just it's because I weighed too much, so I was, <laughs> I was too big for the weight, the weight limit. So I was playing fullback and nose guard, so that's where I was at. But. Um, I, it's just been quarterback ever since. I started training in like seventh grade for real, like because I I knew I wanted to be. I stopped playing other sports. I knew I wanted to play football. So you're the first commit in the class of 2025. Uh, KU's done a great job in the class of 2024. But 
I guess that makes you a little lonely for the time being until there are more commits at that point. Uh, are you going out of your way to try to recruit other people? Or are you just sitting back? How does that all kind of work for you uh, still two years away? Um, I'm just trying to get some guys on board because I, I know a kid that lives 30 minutes away from me with a KU offer. He is a really good receiver. C.J. Simon, he's from Moore, Oklahoma, and he's just – I would love to throw to him. There's a couple kids I, I just follow on Twitter – I'll comment on their posts and stuff, like their posts, just just so they see who I am and see that I'm committed. So they're like, "Oh, they already have a quarterback. Maybe they're taking commits earlier. Maybe they're maybe they want to build a relationship more with the coaches just to see how that goes." So I'm just I'm not I'm not too aggressive with it. I just like to I'm I'm pretty happy to be a Jayhawk, so I want them to be happy with it too. Did you uh, last year when when KU football was having a lot of success and you know made it to a bowl game um, after a bit of a bowl drought there? Uh, at that point, did you have interest from KU? Did you have interest in KU? And, and uh, I don't know, like, did you get to kind of watch along and, and be kind of a fan of, of what they did last year? Yeah, because I did not expect to. I didn't really know much. Cause I just moved out here, so I didn't know they had a new coaching staff. I didn't know all of that. And it was like, I remember just, I just hear KU was kind of bottom of the pack, bottom of the conference, and they come out 5-0 and next year. I was like, whoa, I, what, who's this team? And then a little, bit, a little bit more. Coach Zabrowski came in the spring is when I really started building that relationship and started caring about it. And that I, I, I really didn't follow too much last year. I watched a couple games. I watched the TCU-Kansas game. That was a really good game. But I, I didn't really uh, know too much about it until this past year when they came up like out of nowhere, kind of. Do you have a favorite hobby off the field? Um, I do like to golf and fish. I'm not very good at golfing, but... <laughs> You got we got to practice now because when I'm older I need I need something else to do I can't football's <laughs> done like I want to just sit around I got to be good at golf or something. Uh, whenever your football career does end, hopefully you know you have a long college career and and can make it on mm-hmm. to the life of the pros after that. But uh, do you have any idea of what you would want to do with with your life at that point? Um, I don't know job wise right now, but I, I'm looking at um, majoring in biomechanical engineering because I, I have, I've always enjoyed like like the math side of stuff and I feel like that's pretty interesting because it's how like the human body works and stuff with engineering and I thought that was pretty cool because I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a nerd I can do Rubik's Cube and stuff <laughs> like that so I was like hey maybe maybe do engineering okay so that's that's a good thing with with Rubik's Cube does that help you at all uh, that level of I don't know smart it sounds like you're a very smart guy does that help you on the football field um I I mean I can do a couple different kinds of Rubik's Cubes like I learned them in like fourth grade because I thought they were cool, and it's just kind of muscle memory now. I don't know. I, I'm able to process pretty fast. I can solve one of those in like 40, 45 seconds, 40 seconds. Not bad. <laughs> well, maybe that helps with uh, some of the complicated offense that, yeah. that Andy Kotelnicki will run, something like that that you can memorizing, uh, memorizing plays and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, now, w- when you, you look at some of your other off the field things to do, I, I've been asking a lot of the other. Uh, recruits that we've had on here to name, and, and some of them have, have gone with all three. Some of them have just give me one. If if you want to do that, that's totally cool too. Uh, favorite album, movie, and or TV show. Favorite favorite TV show is definitely The Office. That's number one. I've I've watched that five times through already. It's, it's just you can't you can't get it. it doesn't get old. It never gets old. <laughs> I always watch it. Okay. Um, what what is the TV uh, uh, movie show? and album? Movie, Oof. movie got to be Benchwarmers. That's that's just, that's funny. Benchwarmers and Napoleon Dynamite. Kind of, <laughs> it's kind of one of those movies I watched when I was nine, and I just can't get over them. They're so fun. 
Yeah, you're into comedy. And then album, I, I kind of switch back and forth from like, I like Zach Bryan a lot. I don't know. I like country. I kind of like Lafrey, that type of music. But I listen to a lot of everything besides rap. I don't, I don't listen to any rap. Rap's not my thing. Okay. Well, uh, here's my fun fact of the day. I played football in eighth grade with uh, Sammy Sprinkler from Benchwarmers. So there we go. It all comes to really? Yeah, that's right. Uh, not not the best receiver. Not the best receiver. I'll say that. But good actor. He wasn't. He wasn't that good of a receiver. You said no. Not a great one. Uh, you know, better world in the acting department. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has their thing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, last thing I got for you here. Um, since you said you like The Office so much, if you had to pick what Office character Jim Zabrowski is, who would that be? If Jim Zabrowski was, if Coach Zabrowski was an uh, Office character. I give him personality, Michael Scott. He's just kind of high energy all the time. <laughs> you you gotta love him though. You you can't hate. He's just the best guy ever. You got you gotta love him. You can't. No nobody doesn't like Michael. You know everybody likes Coach Zabrowski. Yeah, you know? that's great. That's great. Well, David, I appreciate the time, man. Have a great junior season and then a senior season after that. And uh, we're gonna be looking forward to in a few years once you arrive on campus here in Lawrence. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was David McComb. Quarterback commit for KU in the class of 2025. Um, you know, it's always nice. Like, at the end of the day, you're you're coming to go to school and, and play football and stuff. But it's so nice when you get kids. And, and this has been the case with, like, everybody we've talked to that have good personalities, too. It makes fun to talk to. It makes fun to root for. Uh, smart kid. He, uh, dude. Yeah. Dude, I Bruce couldn't do 40 that. seconds? Yeah. Uh, no way, dude, dude. Give me 40 minutes and I wouldn't even be even close to And the major he's talking about majoring in? I could never even dream of doing that major in addition to playing football. Like, unbelievable, Dude, I man. I intentionally so. tried to avoid science <laughs> yeah, classes like, when, <laughs> when I was at KU, man. Yeah, so that's cool and uh, got some personality to him, which uh, I think is helpful as a quarterback, right? Yeah. It's good to yeah. have those abilities to kind of fit in in different regards but, but like and you know, you bring said, the teammates together. All, all, the, all the kids we've talked to have been really, really yeah, high, have. high quality character players, which seems like it's something that that's something that yes. KU's looking for when they're going out and getting guys is you know what's what's your personality what's what's your quality of your character and because that can help define you know how well you are on a football field and how you can kind of mesh together with with teammates and i think KU's done an excellent job and david seems like a, a fantastic kid he's nick springer i'm Derek johnson this is rock chalk sports talk we've got some more uh, lance leipold audio that we're going to get to you later on in the hour we've uh, got plenty more coming at you this is rcst on klwn depend on it well that's it if you're listening on our podcast side thanks for tuning in please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so as you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts with the best of rcst podcast if you do have any questions for the show whether it's for a mailbag just something you think that'd be fun to talk about you can reach out to us on our twitter page at rcst 1320 you can also email us if you don't have twitter rcst 1320 am at gmail.com that's rcst 1320 am at gmail.com and if you want to listen live 3 to 6 p.m central time monday through friday on klwn klwn.com and the klwn app have a good rest of the day and see you next podcast